And welcome to the WG Cast. I'm here with Liam and Damien, and we are here to talk about video games. Indeed, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I want to get into stories. I like stories. Stories are pretty cool. Um, and I think what we're going to do, we're going to see how it goes, but uh, from this WG Cast onwards, um, we'll start just talking about a topic maybe related to like stuff in gaming or just about us as gamers. Or just anything, really. If anyone has any like suggestions they want us to talk about, um, feel free to drop us a line somewhere on one of our many <laughs> all, social all media. All three platforms. of you that actually listen to us. There's three people here. Coincidence. <laughs> um, I don't listen to shit. We yeah. <laughs> um, we'll start with just an easy one. Um, I'm pretty sure we've talked about like our first console on the on the podcast before, but I want to get more into like our gaming history or our timeline or what has made us the gamers that we are today. In terms of like the games we play and stuff like that, so Damien, yours is going to be very rich and deep, I uh, presume. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm quite a bit older. Than <laughs> yeah, he's old. So. <laughs> that's my uh, my yeah. kind of not like offensive way of saying. That. <laughs> I've got what like a good ten years on you guys or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In my case. <laughs> um, so why don't you start with, or why don't we start with you at least? All right. So the first, uh, I guess, gaming out that I had was my dad's IBM computer, which at that point in time just had two five and a quarter inch floppy drives no hard drive or anything like that mm. no mouse just keyboard and i'm willing to bet my first game was probably space invaders um nice because dad was a massive massive fan of that in the arcades that ate many of his uh 20 cent pieces as a child um then the first console that i owned was the Sega master system 2 um that was the one that had Alex the Kid built into it. Oh, yeah. Um, which was the game you ever needed. Sega's <laughs> answer to Mario, I guess, oh, no, um, at, that, at that point in time. And then they kind of graduated to Sonic at a later date. Um, Neither of which are pretty either well-known or regarded at yeah, this point. Yeah. I, I don't have uh, very fun memories of the Master System. Like, I never played a Nintendo Entertainment System or NES, um, but the controls were, like, the same shape. And they were this horrible rectangle of hard plastic a couple of buttons on it. Were your hands as big as back then? They are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've always been gigantic, right? <laughs> yeah. um, no, I was pretty normal-sized kids. It wasn't until I was a teenager that I started to get huge. So um, Then from that point, I bought a Mega Drive. Anyone who lives in America that's listening, that is the Genesis. Um, then I had a Super Nintendo after that. Uh, I... I'd, Various points in time, owned a an Atari Jaguar, and various a, points, uh, and a 3DO. So they're probably two common, oh, uh, right, not yeah. so common consoles. Um, the Jaguar was terrible. Like the <laughs> controller was this huge thing. You think the Xbox controller is big? Try a Jaguar controller. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mine had like a keyboard attached to it by default as well. So, and it wasn't. A very popular console, which means it wasn't very well supported, but it did have Doom on it, which was kind of cool. Um, was three- that back at a time where not much stuff did? Because yeah, although the Super Nintendo also had Doom, yeah, um, which was very strange. Uh, and the 3DO was the first console I think to have internal memory. Um, so instead of having a cartridge that you plugged into it or a battery inside your uh, game to save files, you could actually save them directly to the console. Um, I had games like Road Rash on that, I think, which oh, is that yeah. motorbike one where you beat Fantastic. people up with chains and pipes and things like that. <laughs> Did you get, like, 
a lot of these consoles close to when they released because I know they were quite, especially the 3DO with like a thousand bucks. Like with no, the 3DO I got quite late in the life cycle of it. Um, I think I paid probably two or three hundred dollars for it. Um, so that was still pretty expensive. Um, then what I consider to be my first real console, oh, Super Nintendo, I guess I would consider first real console. Um, but I didn't have a lot of games for that. But the thing that I went crazy on was the uh, PlayStation 1 that I bought fairly soon after release and then owned probably a few dozen games for that over the, over the years. That also had things like Final Fantasy VII on it, which is one of my all-time favorite games. Um, then I went to the PlayStation 2, got that on release, paid way too much money for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, bought a GameCube when they were selling them for $49 new um, when... Like the GameCube was dying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then bought a Wii. Um, and then I got my Xbox 360 uh, fairly sort of late by comparison to a lot of other people, mostly because one of our trainees at work, uh, who Ryan knows, um, hi Jordan, uh, was part of the street team and pestered me for like a solid month to go out and buy an Xbox so that he could get like bonus points with them or something like that and we got an extra game for it yeah we got a free game for uh showing our receipt to the street team so i got lost odyssey with that um then i bought a playstation 3 and more recently i have bought the xbox one and playstation 4 um so there's a few handhelds in there as well i've owned game boys ds's uh both of uh sony's handhelds and i also owned an atari lynx at one point oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um so is there any of that stuff that you guys want to know more about i don't know was there any point within there that you yeah once again i think we may have talked about this before was any point in there that you just thought like i like games i'm gonna i'm gonna be a gamer from now on like i'm gonna playstation yeah yep Um, playstation one cool yeah like i said with the super nintendo i'd enjoyed that console and there were some fantastic games on there but i didn't own many of them like i just rented stuff and things like that um so yeah the playstation was the first time i kind of went really crazy with games um and really got into the hobby of course there was a bit of pc gaming and things like that but you know i think people are sort of consider gamers to be more console owners in my opinion that might be wrong but yeah that's my opinion so yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh um what would you say was the worst one out of them? Did you like buy one and just realize there was no games out for any of them or anything like that? Probably both of the Atari consoles, <laughs> the, the Lynx and the Jaguar, were not very well supported, had some pretty terrible games on it. I think from memory, the version of Doom that the Jaguar got was actually superior to the PC one in some way. Um, I can't remember. Um, but I watched a retrospective on the series a while back, and I think that was what they said, the, the version that the Jaguar got was better. Um, so that was kind of cool, but yeah, they were not very popular at all. The Lynx needed like six AA batteries. Something, something like that, like yeah. That. And it was a color screen and all that sort of stuff. It was kind of cool, but didn't have a lot of games on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever like really get into the handhelds or anything? Did you have like a large commute, like on a bus or something? No, no, just kind of had it just because I was obsessed with video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> cool. All right. Um that actually didn't take as long as I, I thought it would. <laughs> That's because I didn't really go into a lot of detail. I mean, as I said, sort of the, the ones that I've owned are ones that people know about, um, except for the Jaguar and the 3DO, which are not as common, but I'm sure there's probably people out there that have owned them or still own them. Yeah. I know um, you kind of 
do now, but back then, was there any kind of weird stuff you did with the consoles? Did you like import games from Japan? You had no idea what they were. No, I didn't do that. I had a lot of demo discs for the PlayStation um, with things like Vib Ribbon and stuff on there and Mr. Domino, yeah. um, which were utterly bizarre things, which <laughs> I still don't really understand Japan. Like, they still have weird games like that. Um, but I had my second PlayStation chipped um, to run burnt games, So, which, you know, I owned legal copies of as well. Yep, I just, you know, yep. wanted to have extra copies for reasons. You kept your uh, actual copies in a fire safe. Yeah, that's right. So they didn't get destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, like I've never really been big on the importing scene except for, you know, importing, say, Asian region games that are in English because they're cheaper or something like that. So particularly in my 360 collection, there's a number of games that have um, Asian character sets on them and stuff like that, but they're in English games. So. Cool. I'm going to do the unheard of, and instead of going clockwise, which I usually do, I'm going to go anti-clockwise to, to Liam. That means nothing to people listening to this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe in the head they have, like... You mean instead of picking yourself last? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to pick myself last. To Liam. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yours? All right, gather around, children. Um, so the <laughs> first game I ever played was Wolfenstein 3D. Nice. Which, similar to Damien, was on my dad's laptop, work laptop, for some reason. Um, and it was the shareware version, so it was just the first level from um, the that kind of blank, empty room to fighting Hitler with two machine guns. Yep. <laughs> so a hell of a first level. Um, so I just basically played that over and over, uh, thinking it was the entire game. And then one day, um, I hit escape by accident, I think, and then I saw the rest of the levels listed. I'm like, oh man, there's a whole, a whole other game here. <laughs> yeah. um, so I like, begged my dad to get the rest of the game, and I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have known how. Um, even if you wanted to. id Software was pretty good with their demos. Like They had a fairly significant portion of their games available mm. as the, the shareware version. And you could, <laughs> I think you actually paid for those too, like the demos you still had to pay for yeah. um, if you wanted the discs that they come on or something like that, which was really weird. Yeah, it was really weird back then. Um, but yeah, instead of doing that, he just bought home more pirated games. Um, <laughs> I think Age of Empires 2 was one of them. Uh, Tony, one of your early Tony Hawks, maybe the first one. Um, on PC, I think so. That would have been fun to play. <laughs> yeah, for the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I just um, I've never been good at Tony Hawk. Maybe I can just blame it on the controls now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know how um, like re-released editions of those early games was like Age of Empires Gold or Age yep. of Empires. The discs he brought them home on were gold because they were just like CDRs from a supermarket or something. I thought that's why. <laughs> That's why they were called Age of Empires Gold. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's a weird company. Like, puts out a game on such a weird looking disc. Um, it was so innocent back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so that was kind of the start of it all. Um, and then there was the classic '90s kid thing of begging for an N64 for a few, a uh, couple of years, maybe. Yeah, I completely skipped the Nintendo 64 thing. <laughs> like, I've played a few games from it, and my wife actually owns one, but I've never actually owned one myself. <laughs> yeah, I skipped it as well, but I was at that point I was just over at my friend's house so much I pretty much had yeah. one, so. <laughs> one anyway. Yeah. But yeah, lo and behold, one Christmas there it is. Um apparently um I don't know Are you that kid that we see on YouTube I opening up the Nintendo sixty four. That, that ad where the kid goes nuts opening the sixty four, <laughs> then there's no games for it. Apparently that was what saved me from being that kid because my parents saw that ad and they were like, Oh shit, you need to buy games for this thing. <laughs> um so okay game with Pokemon Snap, I think. And then Another innocent story. 
Um, I I think I've told it on the podcast before, but I um again played the first level over and over because whenever I got to the end of the level, I was like, all right, that's the game. Turn it off. <laughs> One day my friend comes over and he's like, does uh saves the game? I'm like, what? You can save? Like the concept <laughs> of saving just didn't enter my mind at all. <laughs> so again, a whole other game opened before me uh, isn't because it fun I'm so look dumb. Back on how thing. stupid you were as a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was that lesson learned. Um, and then I remember going to Myers in the city to get Mario Kart 64, which was something like sixty or eighty dollars. Because I can remember wow. the box being in like a glass case. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> shiny. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that went on for a bit. Um. Ocarina of Time, which was really the one that kind of got me into games, which is my kind of turning point from just being a kid who occasionally plays games to making it a kind of a dedicated hobby. Um, bit of a weird relationship with that one because I'd never actually owned it. I always kind of rented it uh, for like a week or so, played it, and then um, took it back and tried to rent it again. Some other kid had reserved it. <laughs> so I never had like a continuous like game throughout. I was always like piggybacking off other people's game right. saves. So it wasn't until I was like a teenager when I uh, emulated it that <clears throat> um, I actually played the game from start to finish, and now it's one of my favorite games. You own it on DS now as yes. well, don't you? Yeah. Yep. So now I've played it like eight times, but for a long while I was just like <laughs> bits and pieces here and there. Um, so yeah, and then um, when I was in high school, I got the original Xbox, but that was after that was basically the end of its cycle, just before the 360 came out, because I got it from um, cash converters. Um, and before that, I'd just been playing it at friends' houses. Sounds doing- like one of the other consoles you're going to be talking about fairly soon as yep. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd just been playing like Halo uh, lands at sleepover and stuff like that. Never really got one for myself. Um, but then, yeah, I picked it up, and then um, so I had like a year of that before I realized that, again, that was cracked as well because the previous owner <laughs> cracked it. And it was like pure by accident because you had to press like the power button and the reset button at the same time, like right. twice or something like that. And I just, yeah, did that. And then like suddenly Half-Life 2 is on there. I'm like, ooh, I've heard of that. The original Xbox, I never actually owned either, but that was kind of like my first exposure to the kind of like um, software alterations to stuff. Mm. Like my mate had it running XBMC, which is Xbox Media Center. And it was just completely like blew my mind that <laughs> you could play like video files and stuff through this this yeah. thing. And then you later find out that you can like install Linux on on Playstations and all that. Sort of <laughs> yeah. it's, it was really bizarre to me at the time to think that that was something that could actually be done. That actually reminds me of those um, land sleepovers where we'd like try to play music through the Xbox while playing Halo at the same time. Mm. So you spend like 10 minutes at the start of every night just like trying to navigate those crazy menus <laughs> and like, wait guys, I have to upload my CD. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then um, that was kind of the point where I got really into it. Um, when I started kind of buying like official Xbox magazines, started mm. to like look forward to games, read reviews, stuff like that. Um, before then, I was just like, oh, this looks cool. I'll buy this for $25 or something, which led to a lot of bad purchases. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably have that distinct moment where they've with, gone from, you know, someone who just buys stuff based off the mm. cover art or the cool description on the back to actually going to some effort to research yeah things. yeah definitely when i was young i owned a lot of terrible games <laughs> i used <laughs> to buy like, Ooh, five dollars i'll buy yeah. that <laughs> i used to buy anything with mario on the cover so my n64 library was kind of lacking yeah. <laughs> Ooh, mario golf play for like 30 seconds sucks um so yeah and then the 360 uh i basically went the opposite as um i did for the original xbox and i bought it the day it came out so wow. $650 saved up Ouch. all my monies. 
Um, but I bought it from a place in Southland, which is a local shopping center um, that doesn't exist anymore. I'm trying to remember the name. Game Load. No, not Game Loading. It was something game, um, but it was... Was it just game? Maybe. I remember they went out of business like a year after I bought it. Oh, I know the one that you're talking about. And they used to have an outlet in Paran as yes. well. Game on Traders? Street. That might have been it, yeah. Game Traders is still around, I is think. It? Yeah, I'm not sure. I remember, I remember they, when they went out of business when I still had about $150 credit. On the <laughs> oh, sounds about right. So. <laughs> I remember they went out of business here first because I went to Sydney or Queensland or something one year and they were still there. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> it it might have been Game Traders. Actually, I think they might have gone out of business <laughs> now that I actually think about it. So you could be correct yeah. in that it might have been Game Traders. Yeah. Some store doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, they were like super good about it, like throwing in all these crazy freebies and stuff, like got a free backpack. That's probably and- why they're out of business because <laughs> they, they actually cared about the customer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was good. No games for it for a long while. But um, one of the first ones that came out for it, Cameo, I actually had a lot of fun with. Um, I've never actually finished that game. I technically own two copies of it because <laughs> my brother donated his Xbox library to me and yeah, uh, I've never actually finished it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how it holds up now, but at the time it kind of kept me entertained for a while until I'm trying to think of maybe Oblivion was the first kind of big 360 game um, that I really kind of got into. The and- first two games that I bought for the 360, I actually bought before I owned the 360 <laughs> and that was uh, Dead Rising, which I didn't like, oh. and uh, seen it. Which my wife still beats me up every time I beat her on it. That's so. like a quiz type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like buzz kind of thing. Okay, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, making fun of you for that. Well. <laughs> it's like it's how, how many times have you read the manual? <laughs> <laughs> um, that actually feeds into my next like major milestone, which was the Wii. Because um, I bought Zelda Twilight Princess, which came out for it um, when it came out. But because there were no Wiis available, because they sold out like, right. crazy. I don't I've, know if you guys remember, they were yeah, like sold yeah. out for months after. I pre-ordered you know? my Wii probably about 12 months ahead of time. Nintendo had me 100% sold on the motion control thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was probably the last time I'm going to let Nintendo <laughs> get me with hype. So, uh, so naive. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had that sitting on my shelf for a while. And eventually EB called me up. I'm like, hey, your pre-order's ready. I'm like, wow, okay. Almost forgot about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like five I months don't know later. if I actually have that yeah. money anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm going to put it back. Um, so yeah. So then there was that. So then I was kind of um, in between 360 and Wii for a long, long time, pretty much throughout high school, um, up until recently when I got more into PC gaming. PC Masteries. I guess, which is, again, when I kind of went to uni and started looking at um, indie games and more kind of arty games, games that I just wouldn't normally play, I guess, which are almost exclusively on PC. Um, <laughs> also, like, the development kind of side as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Which is funny because I think in, a, in this workplace, you're kind of seen as, like, the indie guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this game's really arty. Oh, Liam will like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good to Liam will like that shit. Um, yeah, so, and yeah, like Ryan said, more, like, going back to older games I loved um, and just kind of examining them, examining them under a more critical eye, I guess. Um, which again was more PC focused because it was stuff like Half Life Two and Doom and yeah. stuff like the real kind of innovators in each genre. Um, and then yeah, recently last year I got a PS3. Um, so just kind of going through the back catalog now and just exploring what I missed out on. Actually, got a pretty good back catalog too. Yeah, definitely. depending on the kind of games you like, obviously. Yeah, you know. I'm trying to trying to kind of cast a wide net as possible. Um, so I've done like 
uh, stuff like Flower and got Journey on the list. But then I've Journey's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And then like the game I was going to talk about today was God of War, um, which I've been playing through the trilogy recently. Also, really like that one. Yeah, <laughs> got a few things to say about that. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about it. And of course, the 3DS, which I actually bought for our first, not for, well, my first trip to E3, mm. um, which I, which was actually like surprisingly um, got a lot out of it. I haven't played it for a while, but um, like a year and a half of solid just like titles coming out that I kind of want to play and yeah. I've been playing. Yeah, the uh, the gaming addict part of my brain is trying to rationalize buying a the new 3ds xl for my thailand trip but like the the rational part of my brain is like you know you're never going to play it once you get back home <laughs> yeah. so yeah you know, that'll be like 300 dollars <laughs> so. i kind of want to uh want to do what you did with the ps3 with the with the wii don't judge me um <laughs> i feel like there's quite a few like good games on that like, there are um the wii is still very much a party console yeah though, so you know if you're buying it for solo play you're not going to get as much out of it as you would otherwise but even just like Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. You can Sword. get it on the GameCube yeah, and the true. controls are better. I don't have component <laughs> output for my GameCube. But, <laughs> but Twilight Princess is, is a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, and then also Mario Galaxies. Of, yeah, definitely. Well. Ooh. Oh, Galaxy okay, Rules, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> don't, like, don't like Mario games. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's definitely a good move. Like, obviously, it's going to be cheaper. Um, and instead of just like waiting like long stretches of time for games to come out you just have them all kind of in front of you yeah, yeah. or you jump on ebay and yeah. you're like what do i want to play this week yeah exactly so. <laughs> what like 10 out of 10 games that has come out in the past like five years so yeah, I want to play this exactly week. yeah so it is good good in some ways to have the older consoles because yeah. you've got that rich backlog of uh, games that you haven't played if if sony did backwards compatibility compatibility on the ps4 i would have been all over it but <laughs> yeah don't worry they'll just uh re- remaster every yeah game. <laughs> yep. yeah it does seem like like this current generation is going to be the generation of remastered titles yeah which it already is i'm kind of okay with because there's a lot of great games being re-released but i feel like by the same token did we really need tomb raider re-released so soon or last of us yeah, yeah. Last of Us. well the last of us remaster was the actually the version that i played and finished instead of the playstation 3 version which i bought and played for half an hour and then never played again so. what was the difference uh it's just i was more in the mood to play it this one's a year older <laughs> what else yeah. are you going to play on your PS4 at this point? Uh, nothing, apparently. <laughs> I think I might have one or two unfinished games on there, but yeah, for the most part, the titles that I've bought, the few titles I've bought, I've finished. Cool. Um, my story begins at <laughs> uh, one of my mum's friend's house. He had an organ there and being like, what? <laughs> Don't worry, <laughs> it's going somewhere. Okay. <laughs> and being a kid... Um, being presented with a large thing that makes noise, it's like, <laughs> you never kind of want to get off it. So I was just like playing around with the so organ this is, one this time. this is where the appeal of drums come from? I guess maybe, yeah. That's <laughs> how Ryan found Jesus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been like making any music. It would have been just like noise and like smashing <laughs> my head on the keys or something like that. Um, but I think like to get me to shut up, uh, my mum's friend gave me, uh, put me in front of his computer and I was playing like some random like golf game i can't even remember what it was like it could even be like it wouldn't have been tiger woods because it would have been too oh when'd that start around 95 ish not sure yeah it was it would have been like around that period so it might have been a tiger woods game i did play a tiger woods game when i was a teenager so yeah, yeah. um anyway after that uh, a couple years later um i ended up, ended up getting a sega master system 2 just like you weirdly um which was my first console um that would have been 
pretty late in the life of the That would be system. very late. Yeah. Um, I got it for, I've told this story so many times, but I got it for <laughs> 50 bucks off my school principal. I don't know how. But it just, <laughs> the, the opportunity must have arose, so um, <laughs> why not? Um, and it came with a bunch of like games. Um, I remember vividly Sonic 2, Alex Kidd, a um, couple of other games, uh, Crime Scene Investigation or something like that. <laughs> you're in the back of a car and you were like just shooting. It was, it was weird. Anyway, um, a lot of good memories there. Um, then at some point I got a Super Nintendo for Christmas. Um, once again, that would have been quite late in the, um, the cycle, I'm pretty sure. Um, it would have still been like in production and like running yeah. and all that, but like, yeah, that's where I did most like of my Technically there are still Super Nintendo games being released. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but they're like home efforts and stuff. Yeah. And like so, the yeah. weird indie Kickstarter kind of yeah, stuff. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I spent a lot of time there, um, mainly in like stuff like Super Mario World. I loved, um, I ended up being able to speed run that pretty fast. <laughs> Um, also that's where my love of Kirby games came about because, um, Kirby Superstar Saga always play with my sister, the co-op, uh, Mario Kart was awesome. Um, actually I remember, uh, um, once again, I don't know if I've told this already or not, but like in Mario Kart, you had, uh, there's three different cups and then you could unlock the, uh, fourth one if you beat all the, uh, all the other cups. And for some reason that took me a long time, <laughs> kid. but I just remember like we were trying, like we didn't even know there was a special cup to be like. To be um to be like unlocked. Um, but it was a day before like it would have been grade one or two or something, and I was just playing before I needed to go to school. And like I was getting really far, I was getting really far, and like the time to time to leave to go to school was like fast approaching. <laughs> um and then I finally beat it and there's like a giant kind of cutscene kind of thing at the end, and I end up being late at school because I was just like <laughs> sitting in awe of like some <laughs> giant fish giving me a, a star and like how easily we these. used to be entertained. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um after that, um at my dad's house, uh he was living with one of his friends at the or his friend was living with him, I should say, at, at the time. And I knew he had a PS1. And I was doing that kind of thing where I knew he had a PS1 in his room and there was a free TV somewhere in the house that I could be playing it on. So I'm like, I just like started talking to him about video games, trying to get him to like say, do you want to play it? <laughs> and I've convinced him to let me play it. I played like a bunch of like a uh, diehard. Um, he had a giant catalog at that point and a giant like um, stack of like magazines and stuff. Um, and that like pretty much fulfilled my gaming. Like I stayed with <laughs> Super Nintendo for a long time. I think I only was playing PS1 for maybe two or three years. Um, and then after that, uh, my dad ended up getting a PlayStation 2 off eBay, I think it was, or some kind of like one of those sites anyway, for like 450 bucks. And at that point, they were still being sold for, well, like six, six to 700. That I think point. they were between six and 700 when they were first released here. Yeah. And weirdly, it came with zero PS2 games, <laughs> a bunch of PS1 games, and an actual like giant like box filled with like, PS1 demo discs and um, <laughs> magazines, and I would just read the magazines. I knew they were out of date. There was even like 64 ones in there. It was wow. like, the, even then, it was like four years out of date. It was like reviewing Tony Gold Pro Skater 2. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was even hyper. It was just like a weird stuff. And um, that's where I played like a lot of Final Fantasy VIII. There was like a really far save in there that I'd always go back to and like be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but cool stuff's <laughs> happening. As soon as I figured out how to do our uh, summoning and stuff, that was like the peak. I'm just like, it looks so cool. It takes like a minute each, but it still looks, <laughs> looks really cool. Um, yeah, I think also around that time is when I started handhelds. I was one of the kids that, who had to have every Nintendo handheld, even though they were all the same and they played the same <laughs> games and stuff like that. Like, 
I had a pocket, but um, then I got into color, then I got into advance, then I got a um, SP. I think I had a, a second advance. I both love and hate Nintendo for that. Like, it's great that they've they've found flaws in their hardware, and like they've fixed that. But I hate it because it feels like that's sometimes maybe a tiny bit intentional. Yeah, <laughs> it's ver- it's verging on like a money grab because I was in JB yesterday and I saw the box for Xenoblade Chronicles on the new 3DS yep. um, and like the box looked almost like a parent wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and the, like a normal 3DS game so the- <laughs> yep yep so yeah it's it's it, interesting like and they know that there's hardcore fans out there that will buy, buy every iterations one, yeah. of the hardware that, that they can get their hands on so to be know. fair like when the SP came out like it just blew my mind knowing that you could have a backlight and a console you didn't have to have like some giant magnifying glass <laughs> powered by like uh two or three a three batteries or whatever that always ran out really quickly i'm actually going to derail the conversation for a moment here it's interesting also with nintendo that they have licensed their uh console designs out to other companies as well in the past because you had i think the panasonic cube yeah uh, which was the GameCube with a DVD player. Um, it looked really cool. Yeah, it was like Chrome or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And not many of them were made, but I find it interesting that, you know, Nintendo being kind of like as very strict as they are with their intellectual property and all that sort of stuff would allow other companies to design um, alterations to the hardware, basically. So that was very interesting to me. Hmm. Um, oh, go on. No, go on. Um, if you haven't noticed by now, I did skip like the 64. Um, I actually skipped in, in, uh, the Xbox, the original Xbox as well. That kind of just like came and went. And like, at that point I had a GameCube, so I didn't really care. Like, I love the GameCube so much. It just took all my hours. Like if I didn't have a third party memory card for the GameCube, my Super Smash Bros. Melee save would be like at least like 800 hours or some <laughs> wow. stupid stuff like that. <laughs> I played it so much. Um, all to like Super Mario Sunshine and that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, and same with you. Um friend bugged me to get a 360 was um, it jordan yes yeah um <laughs> after doing uh year 10 work experience and getting like 550 bucks i'm like yeah i'm rolling it got so much money <laughs> everyone else gets like 50 or whatever i'm fairly certain jordan's the reason jared owns a yeah. xbox as well so jordan was very much a pusher at that point in time when he was part of the street team so i guess he was doing his job yeah <laughs> um i got that and i don't want to say it was like when i first decided that i want to like play games a lot but like i don't know something about playing online and just the way it all worked together um it was kind of a novel concept to me because i didn't really have a pc until like quite late um it was before the xbox 360 but like it was still only playing like theme hospital and stuff like that we wasted many many hours playing multiplayer stuff i mean there's some of the best <laughs> gaming memories we have is just like us like four people playing co-op and like oh man remember uh, rainbow six <laughs> vegas yeah where that was the most terrible co-op ever it was like <laughs> the campaign with all of the campaign stripped out of it it was just like these levels from the campaign with no reasonable rhyme and <laughs> you just basically hunting down enemies and that was it so and it was so fun <laughs> it was and um you guys were infinitely frustrating playing that as well <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm not going to like dispute that. Like, I, don't know, I don't know who it was, but it's still, still a bunch of fun and getting like the uh, the completion achievements for that. Yeah. Um, definitely got me hooked at least. Yeah. Um, around that same time, I started getting into PC gaming because I finally got a game, like a PC that could run current ish games. <laughs> yep. Um, but that kind of lay dormant. Um, it was mostly just Counter Strike. 
And, and then came Dota. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a significant chunk of my timeline uh, at this point. Um, but yeah, um, from then, I've just been playing PC. Um, obviously, I got a Xbox One around. I got this like two days after it came out and still got all like the day one like <laughs> editions of yeah. all this crap. So <laughs> I didn't want. I had mine pre-ordered for quite some time, so yeah, yeah. I was. I think I was on on the fence a lot, and then I, I was know. already like at that point in time, one hundred and ten thousand gamer score invested yeah. in the Microsoft camp. So <laughs> I mean, I'm almost at a hundred thousand. Um, so, It'll yeah. be a momentous day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty certain you will eventually catch me because I've hardly ever played. You've been saying now. that for like at least five years. Yeah, but <laughs> the divide is getting smaller and smaller. Like I'm at one hundred and twenty something now, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. I'm like. 89 to 93, somewhere yeah. in there. So the, the gap is shrinking. Maybe next Microsoft console, <laughs> yeah. you'll catch me. Microsoft 2. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's about my history. Um, I don't know, I kind of like how we have kind of varying stuff, but we all seem to not get, at least the early consoles weren't like straight away. Mm. Yeah. I think I win the prize for weirdest consoles though. <laughs> yeah. Or like poor, poorest decisions. As far as what I think might actually be successful. Nice. Damn you, Atari. <laughs> you failed me again. Um, Atari doesn't exist anymore, do they? No. They just publish, I think. Yeah. 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 So they, they don't make games themselves and they don't make hardware. I don't think they own the licenses for many things either. Yeah. Hmm, weird. Um, cool. So that's, a, I guess, a little bit of history about us. Um, a couple episodes time. Like all the listeners are going to know way too much about us yep. in terms of like what we do and stuff like that. Um, we would actually like to know if you guys find that sort of stuff interesting as well. Like, yeah, if you, know. you find it interesting, if you have a topic you want us to talk about, if you want to like, if you want to say your own like timeline in the comments, write like a giant paragraph about. Yeah. <laughs> we won't read it, but we'll appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I will like it. I will, yeah. I will, I will absolutely like read it. it. I keep a reasonably close eye on the stats for the uh, the cast. It's my baby. So, <laughs> all right. So let's stop uh, living in the past and live in the present or the kind of less distant past. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to talk about a 360 game, right? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about what we've been playing um, since I ended. I might as well start with myself because um, I've only been playing one new game. Um, in one of the games for gold kind of releases, I guess. Um, I got a game called Castle Storm. You should the, actually uh, stop to point out that you had to look up the name of the game before we started the podcast because tonight. it's like a very generic name. <laughs> um, people gave uh, Hearth. No, what was it? I don't know. Like it, it's just a very generic name. Like yeah, no. It says definitive dish- edition at the end, which I don't know if it actually adds anything because I haven't heard of it before. It became like <laughs> game marketing. Goal. Yeah, it's probably. Like, yeah. Um. <laughs> But what it is, it's kind of like, you kind of described it pretty well. It's like a mix between Angry Birds, a tower defense, and just like some other kind of like small like yeah. flash games. I haven't actually like played it, but I watched someone streaming it when I was messing around with Twitch on the Xbox. Yeah. So um, what you do is like you control like uh, a ballista on top of a, like a, like a gate uh, for a, a gate. Wall. Yeah, a gate for a castle wall. Yep. You know? <laughs> um, um, And then you control like... You have like minions, uh, enemy minions coming across, and you have to try and shoot them. And like stuff like headshots and stuff does extra yep. damage. You have like different types of bullets. You have like a single shot. You have a triple shot. You have one that like explodes. I have a sheep that, that uh, farts rams. or something. <laughs> I've, it might fire. It farts rainbows, I think, and just rams yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, and then you also have to build like a castle. 
So in your castle, like if you want, if you want like a, you can also like spawn minions if you have enough food. So if you want more uh, food production, you can build your castle to have more rooms that produce food. And like if you want a uh, specific like minion type, you need to like have like their kind of barracks and stuff like that. And then um, you win the game by either like stealing their flag by setting minions in and bashing their door down and stealing the flag. Or you can just do what I do is and like just throw bombs at their castle until it's all like collapsed and kind of stuff like that. Um, the story's kind of eh, like it, they don't, what they do do good is like set up different scenarios for the campaign. So they'll be like, you know, our troops ate too much last night, so we can't spawn troops this round or something like that. Or we found like- <laughs> They're too fat. <laughs> yeah. Um, the mine that you were fighting for the last round in there was a bunch of ammo, so now you have infinite ammo and stuff like yeah. that. But as far as like story goes, it's like, it's like Disney levels of like, <laughs> this is a bad guy who's on your team, but it's obviously a bad guy. But um, he's a good guy now, so just wait for him to be bad. Later. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's kind of just fun through, just to like thumb through all of that stuff and just get straight to the game. Um, you can spawn as like a hero character and like do your own like combat stuff for a certain amount of time. So I was like tempted to download it mostly because it's free. But yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna play it. So <laughs> why why clutter up my Xbox hard drive by doing that? Yeah, so. mine's getting quite full now. I need to go through. Um, actually, I just remembered. Um, did I talk about Pool Nation FX? No. Pool Nation, also another free title. Though. Yes. Uh, Pool Nation FX is, I'm going to say it, <laughs> the best pool, like the best looking game about pool and snooker that has ever been made and that will probably be ever, ever be made. What? Like it's such a good looking game. Like, I don't know, like they've spent so much time modeling like these spheres with like <laughs> special, like glossy, like lighting effects and stuff like that. Um, Even better than the ones we had to make for our training. Yeah, even better. Whoa. Can you believe? Damn. Um, <laughs> that shit got me to university. Did, yeah, they did better than my, like, 10 hours worth of 3D work that I, <laughs> yeah. that I was trying to learn. Um, it's always nice to see when companies go to that sort of extra level of yeah. um, detail uh, to get that sort of stuff happening. But as far as the actual game goes, it offers nothing that any other, like, even, like, Flash kind of <laughs> pool game would uh, would offer you, which is kind of sad, but, like, I don't know what you would do so with you, that. So you get the both the best and worst of... Yeah, I mean, that kind of thing looks great. You played it a billion times before, but <laughs> um, kind of cool though. Like, props to them at least trying to make something stand out, even if it is nothing to do with the gameplay. Stands out so much that Microsoft felt it necessary to offer it for free. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, jokes on them. I was actually going to buy it like at some point in the like, not like, <laughs> at some point, a couple of weeks when it ago. became free. Yeah, <laughs> it ended yeah. up being free. So. Hey, I was going to buy it. Come yeah. on, guys. Um, publicity, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's about uh, all I've been playing, apart from um, just some other kind of stuff you've already heard about, which I won't talk about. Dota, <laughs> Counter Strike, yes, and yes, Dota Strike. Oh man, if they uh, actually have made a mod for Dota Two, which oh, is like no. Counter. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Liam, do you want to talk about what you've been playing? I do. Um, so I'll start off with the bad one, which is Titan Souls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been watching a lot of that. <laughs> what do you think? How's it look on video? Uh, it looks like a good idea that stays too long. Correct. Yep. Um, and by too long, it means beyond like the first 10 seconds of the game. Oh, um, <laughs> nice. So for those who don't know, it's basically a mix of, to repeat every review that's been written about it so far, it's a mix of Dark Souls and Shadow of the Colossus, where it's a top-down 2D um, kind of pixel art deal where you're basically running between 16 bosses. Um, and the gimmick is you have one arrow 
So you fire it and then you have to hold down a button to kind of get it to magnetize back to you. You can kill a bus you can kill the boss in one hit, but he can kill you in one hit. So it's just basically like super short, kind of intense battles, um, where you just spend a few rounds um kind of figuring out its pattern and its weak point. And then you spend like twenty rounds trying to like uh <laughs> trying to yeah. get some good luck and actually hit the thing um almost by accident. So, so yeah. The boss battles are based on luck or I'd say so. Like a uh, bit of pattern recognition, but also like I've watched a few YouTubers where they'll be like, "All right, I understand the pattern," and then they'll go back in and it'll be like, "Nope, no pattern." Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you have to know what you're doing, kind of thing. But it basically boils down to just like shooting and hoping that it happens to hit the weak point, because um, they're they're always kind of like the bosses are always jumping around or moving around or like whatever. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Like Damien said, it's a good concept, but once you actually play it, it gets old pretty quickly. Um, I mean, the the pitch you gave right at the start kind of had me interested, but then you said it was. It doesn't yeah, good, evolve at all. Yeah. Like, it is the same from start to finish. So, and what happens when you die? Do you just go back to, like, a checkpoint? Yeah, there's just, like, it's kind of like there's this open world, and then there's these checkpoint kind of squares you stand on, um, and then you'll just be sent back to there. Is it ever, like, a long way away from the boss? Almost always. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like having to watch one of those unskippable cutscenes every time you die, and yeah. you will die a lot. <laughs> like <laughs> It's like Super Meat Boy, but instead of starting back at the start of the level, you start back at the start of the world and have uh, to play like everything before yeah. that again or something. <laughs> um, isn't there like puzzle elements as well on the way there? A little bit. Like There's Very a bit of exploration puzzle, yeah. and super light kind of puzzles, um, which is more about just like finding the way to the boss um, than anything. Like It's all tied towards moving towards the yeah, bosses, yeah. I guess. Even um, people with acquired brain injuries could probably work out. Puzzles, <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if it's like $2 or something, you can check it out. But I certainly wouldn't recommend um, full price. Um, the most difficult puzzle I saw was in the forest that uh, has that map that loops you around and stuff. The Lost Woods. And, yeah, and, and trying to get to like the one of the bosses where literally you just walk right and then walk back through where you literally just came from and you're at the boss. Uh, yeah. But if you... Don't figure that out. You'll just be going on this long path that will eventually lead you back to the start. <laughs> <laughs> Does anything tell you you should do that? No, no. It's it's all it. It kind of takes a page out of the Dark Souls book there, where it's like, all right, we've taught you the fundamentals. Now the rest is up to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like I said, even people with you know not a below average intelligence could probably work out the puzzles if they stuck at it long enough. I mean, the bosses themselves are kind of puzzles, like in the same vein as Shadow of the Colossus, where you kind of. Like, there's a brain in an ice cube. You have to kind of figure out, you have to stand on the switch so it'll light a fire, so then the ice will melt, so then you can attack the brain and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What made you want to play that game, though? Just the concept. <laughs> it oh, looks freaking cool. I was like, like, yeah. You'll see the first couple of bosses, you're like, whoa, that's awesome. And then by the 16th one, you're like, all right, I've had enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're in the moment, it's fun. Like, when you're trying to, like, desperately kind of move and, like, um, almost like a like going through Zelda on three hearts or one of those kind of challenges um, where it's just like extremely difficult and like just the kind of like being like constantly inches away from death is its own thrill kind of thing. Um, but everything outside that is just super lame. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a couple of YouTubers play through it at both ends of the spectrum. There was this one guy who was like, would die about a hundred times and then the final time would just be like celebration for Grr, 20 minutes where Grr. he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other guy was like, how Jared and I would react if we'd d done something very exciting where we like, yep, well, that that's done, I guess. All right, <laughs> on to the next boss. I'm kind of <laughs> like that. Like internally, I'm like, yeah, but outside I'm just like, hmm, okay. 
<laughs> That's the end. See, of I'm, that. I'm both internally and externally <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that. Um, and then continuing my PS3 journey, I've been playing through the God of War trilogy, as I mentioned before. Um, so I'm up to three right now. Um, played through one um, a few weeks ago now, which is actually my favorite because um, I don't know if you guys have played it, but I found it to be this kind of it, this really tight kind of. Um, both in the narrative sense and as like the the structure of the game yeah. is really. I've tight definitely kind played of. the first two. Yeah, and I would agree that the first one's stronger than the second. Yeah, but I don't think I've played the third. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I might have played whatever was released on the PSP. I think there were two. Yeah, maybe which just was one of them then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the first one, like the plot, just kind of um, it's this really kind of well told. Um, simple kind of greek tragedy i guess mm. um where you're this really angry guy who um goes around <laughs> killing people but then we're they talking actually like Asura's wrath yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and um it kind of feels like a greek um, myth where it's got these kind of tragic elements and these kind of like um humans being punished for um affronting the gods and stuff like that really yeah. interesting stuff um and then um yeah like i said the game itself um, you're basically basically the plot is you're trying to kill Ares, the god of war, um, because um, you were the leader of a Spartan army, I think, and um, basically you were losing a battle, and you called out to Ares to come aid you, and then you're essentially in his servitude from then on. Um, the idea is you want to kind of kill him because <laughs> you don't want to be in his servitude anymore. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, so basically the game is like it's introduced when during the sacking of Athens, I think, um, and then you kind of go out into this um, temple in the middle of the desert, which is where the rest of the game is. Um, and it's kind of set out really nicely where you have this overarching goal of trying to get Pandora's box to kill Ares. Um, but then every kind of part of the temple that you go through is working towards that goal, like um, doing something in one part will kind of open up another. Um, and you can, can like really consciously see how everything's kind of helping you to get to that end goal. Um, but still kind of engaging you with these kind of mini goals, I guess. Um, so yeah, that was really good. And then the second one is a bit more kind of open-ended, I guess, where you're kind of, it's still on this one single location, um, but it's less clear kind of what you're doing at any one moment. Like um, you get, spoilers, you get killed at the start of the game and then you go to hell and then you come back and then the whole idea is you're going to go back in time to the point where you got killed and stop it kind of thing. But moment to moment, it's just like not clear why you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> like it's just like, all right, I guess I'll open this door because it'll let me go forward. I guess. Yeah. But the first one, it's like you know exactly why you're doing everything. Um, everything you're doing. So yeah, and then the third one's a bit like that as well. They just kind of like make it more open, and then you just really don't know what you're doing half the time. What console was the third one originally PS3, released? Three. Yeah. PS3. Yeah, so, one's like very early. I'm yeah. pretty certain I've not played that because the previous two were on PlayStation Two, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, and they've they've been re-released. And then they like did a HD, HD one yeah. on PS3. I mean, I haven't played it, but from what I've seen, like the third one just tries to one up like the other two games, just like any yeah. way it could. Like, yeah, totally. It starts with like you climbing those uh like those gods, the Titans, it? yeah, the Titans. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just never really got into. I never even like tried the God of War series. Um, you you saying number one was good? Like maybe I'll see if I can pick it up. It's a lot of fun. Definitely check like, out the first yeah. one. And it's kind of like, it's like obviously it's a series known for being super violent and brutal, um, and, and also objectifying women. Yeah, and in the first one, it's almost kind of like 
like I could kind of put up with it. Like it was all kind of like in good fun. Oh, it's a video game, haha. And the second, third one, she's like, yeah, it's unnecessary. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I mean, yeah, definitely check out the first one and see how you like it, I guess. And then the second one is still good. It kind of builds off it a lot um, in terms of the boss battles are more interesting. Um, the moves you get are kind of more helpful, I guess, as well. Third one, I don't know about that. It's a very but- sort of Zelda kind of um, sort of thing where you get extra equipment that'll unlock other areas yeah definitely stuff as well yeah. so um which is a style of game i actually really like yeah yeah definitely um so yeah definitely enjoy enjoying it um, i'll see how i go with the third one maybe i'll change my mind later on have um, you um have you played dark sided by chance uh just like a demo of it i think yeah it seems like I, if you like god of war for like what god of war is like the combat and like about gods and stuff and yep I, th- I feel like Darksiders, at least the first one, you might like a lot. Cause, In my know, opinion, Darksiders is better. Yeah. I, I love Darksiders. Yep. Yeah. Um, the first one's fantastic. Second one was a bit gimmicky. Yeah. I don't know. I liked parts of it, and I didn't like other parts of it. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, you- anything else you've been playing? No, that's about it. Um, but I did, I did want to mention the... Um, I watched the behind the scenes of the first God of War, which comes with the re-release, I think. Um, and everyone who worked on that game is a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> like um, David Well, Jaffe. it's like watching uh, Cliff Blazinski yeah. talking about Gears of War or something, and he it's gets like- really into describing <laughs> chainsaws. and Yeah, <laughs> yeah like um, Dave Jaffe, who made it, like is just openly telling how his design philosophy was just yell at someone until they did what he said. <laughs> just like, I want more bloody, more brutal. I want to see head spring blood. Like, God damn. And literally, literally like the end of the um, video is like the lead artist or something just being like, God of War is f***ing rad. <laughs> like, nice. Are you a real person? Like, did you really <laughs> say that? Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that certainly opened my eyes in terms of what went into this game. God. Everything kind of clicked. <laughs> <laughs> All it's right. actually really funny because you watch the behind the scenes for the voice actors in one of my favorite series, which is the Legacy of Kane series, and they're all old dudes. Like, they have no idea what this game's about or anything <laughs> like that. And be making jokes about vampires and all that sort of stuff. It's quite funny. Or it's so, like <laughs> That was weird. Uh, same thing. Like I was watching the Fallout New Vegas documentary and seeing Matthew Perry and be like, "I know you from um uh, from Friends," and he's like, "He's Benny in that game." Uh, you haven't played New Vegas, have you? No. No. So he's, have you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he's like a really like sleazy kind of like um, it's really kind of like disjointing like <laughs> yeah. scene and like do that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, cool. Um, so Damien, what have you been playing? Uh. I have played Killer is Dead. That's a title. Yes. <laughs> yep. Suda 51, guys. Is that the Classic. one where, <laughs> like, limbs will start flying off and... No? Never no. Mind. No. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the game's about. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's a, a third-person hack and slash. Yeah. Um, made by Grasshopper Studios and in collaboration with Suda 51. So you already know right out of the box it's going to be weird. Um, I've only played the first couple of levels because I've gotten to the point where just mashing one button is not getting me any further. So now I actually need to learn how to play the game. <laughs> um, but it's really strange. Like you are this dude who has like a robotic arm, but it can turn into like, uh, like biological based weapons and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's really strange. I like, kind of like the mechanics of it. You have a sword that you fight with normally and your arm can turn into a secondary weapon, which at this point is just a gun kind of thing. Yeah. It's called muscle back for some reason. <laughs> I'm not really sure. And it has weird chapter names like 
the man who stole the moon. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, How many references to male genitalia are there? None so far. Weird. Although there is <laughs> a, there are <laughs> there are gigolo side missions where you have to um, gain the favor of certain women in the game by buying them gifts and taking them on dates, and you get. I have heard, I haven't actually reached this part, x-ray glasses and stuff <laughs> like that. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely the, the uh, objectification of women in there. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I will probably put some time into learning how to play it, um, but I don't like it as much as other games that Pseudo51's been involved in. Um, probably my favourite one, and the name's actually escaping me at the moment, Shadows of the Damned. Um, oh, yeah. Just because that one literally is just one yeah. giant penis joke from Star Trek. <laughs> 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 um, there is some, if, if you're interested in like innuendos and double entendres <laughs> and stuff like that, I highly recommend you check out Sh- uh, um, Shadows of the Damned. It is very, very funny. <laughs> there is some like really obvious ones where it'll be like, quick, fill those cracks with my explosive hot boner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even trying. Um, because the, the, the weapon's actually called the hot boner. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's like cracks in a wall that you have to blow up to progress further. But yeah, there's some really funny stuff in there. And there's actually a naked lady level transition as well, where you actually run over a giant naked lady. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Suda 51. So <laughs> I wonder, I often wonder how he got as strange as he is, but I often find his games quite um, interesting. So. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're going to do games about that, you better have something to back it up with, like good <laughs> like gameplay the, and stuff like that. The gameplay is never great. It's it's never worse than average, though. So, you know, the fighting in this game is pretty cool. You've got, like, a standard slash attack. You've got a, a heavier attack that breaks through blocks. Um, a timed blocking mechanic, where if you block at the right time, you can do counterattacks. Um, same with dodges as well. Um, and then... Pretty much everything you kill and that sort of stuff drops these little gems, which upgrade your various stuff just automatically. So instead of finding like a, a heart to upgrade your health, you're just gathering like experience towards doing that all the time, which is kind of cool. Um, and that's really all I've been playing lately besides Payday 2, um, which they've recently updated the experience system. So I'll touch on that very briefly for anyone who's actually interested in <laughs> Payday 2. Um, it's more like the original for anyone who's actually played that, where instead of having a flat amount of experience um, for the level, you actually get experience based on how many objectives you complete. And a lot of the levels have um, optional stuff. So to give you an idea, there's a, a level in there called Rats, which is a three-day heist. So the first day, uh, the previous way that we used to complete it was you'd get in the first day where you're supposed to cook some meth to trade for some information on the second day but you could flub it and blow up the meth lab straight away and you'll finish that level in about three minutes flat. Then you'll go into the second one and you'll just blitz through all the thugs because you don't have the meth to trade them and you'll cross your fingers and hope they've burnt the evidence that you need for the, the following day and you'll finish that one in about three minutes. <laughs> and then the third one, you just kind of stand at the end of this long road and snipe the guys down the end and that's it. So probably in about, you know, with loading times and all that sort of stuff, you're looking at about a 10 to 15 minute thing for your payoff, which is actually pretty decent. Um, the first and third day, though, actually have a lot of optional objectives. Like the meth thing, you have to cook three bags for the minimum requirements to, to do the second day properly. But there's often enough ingredients to cook, you know, twice that amount. Yeah. 
So every bag that you cook after the third one is worth a fairly large, both cash and experience increase. And the third day, if you actually go all the way down to the end of that roadway, there's a bus full of money. Like (laughs) there's probably about 12 suitcases that all have money bags in them, which again is worth a lot more experience and money. So it's, they're kind of enticing you into playing the game the way you're supposed to instead of just cheesing it. So (laughs) Jared and I have been going through a lot of the missions that we used to just blitz through and and flub intentionally to get through quickly and trying to see what the experience payoff is uh, in with uh, different with that. There's another mission called cook off where basically they'll keep just dropping ingredients for the meth. It's the same as the first day for rats, but they'll keep dropping ingredients for you. So you can stay as long as you're able to. And that goes from about, 500,000 experience up to something like 412 million or something like that. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, Jared said someone crunched the math on that and you'd have to dedicate about 30 hours to getting that amount of experience. <laughs> but it's just interesting to see that they've included that to scale further. Um, the other thing I want to touch on briefly as well is what arrived in the mail for me today, which is my um, HOTAS for Elite Dangerous, which New is <laughs> hands-on throttle and stick. So I've bought a, a joystick and throttle um, <laughs> combination um, because I've been chatting to a guy on YouTube that makes some videos that I like, and he's kind of inspired me to get back into Elite, which I stopped playing because the controller is just not very fun to use, like the, the 360 controller. And I've also bought an ED tracker, which uh, is a head tracker, kind of like Track IR, um, but it's only got the... Um, four degrees of movement instead of six. So you can look up and down and left and right. But with the track IR, if you get closer to the monitor or further back, it changes your zoom levels as well. Mm. And what I've bought doesn't actually do that part of it, but it's about a third of the price. So that'll be interesting to see when that arrives in the mail. So I'm looking, as I said to Ryan, I'm looking forward to not being able to fly again because apparently the joystick is a fairly steep learning. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like you'll use it for many more games other than that? Um, I've got definitely going to get into Star Citizen when that's in a more sort of fully fleshed out um, release than it is currently. Um, and I am interested in flight sims, most of which I played on my 360, but I'll probably buy them on the uh, PC to have a crack yeah. at those as well. Cool. All right. Well, unless anyone has anything else they want to say, um, that's going to wrap up this Fortnite's WG <laughs> Always do that. Um, like, uh, just again, if you want us to talk about any specific topic if you liked um us talking about anything let us know let us know your timeline um and other than that we'll see you in two please tell us that you you love us yeah i really need this (laughs) (laughs) all right see you later see you